2: Welcome to the latest episode of Five on the Floor on the Five Reasons Sports Network. Thanks for joining us on your favorite podcast app, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Red Circle. Also, the Five Reasons YouTube channel. Make sure you hit like, subscribe, and turn the notifications on. Also, make sure that you're subscribed to Off the Floor. That's our new Discord server. It's not just us talking to you. You can talk to each other. You can talk to us. There's all kinds of things you can do on Off the Floor for $2.99 per month. And we're going to be unveiling a video channel. You like Brady's breakdowns? This is where you're going to be able to get them. So check it out. It's posted here in the description on YouTube, on the podcast feeds, and at the top of the Five Reasons Twitter page. Also check out Better Edge. Use the code 5RSN. Get $20 to play. Make sure that you're entered into our tournaments, NBA on a nightly basis, NFL before every – well, we do it before every Thursday, actually, so you can get in for the weekend. Use the code 5RSN. That's the number 5RSN. Bet legally in 44 different states. And you get $20 to play right away. And our contests are not that much. So you're getting to participate in the contests for free. Again, it's betteredge.com. Use the code 5RSN. And now, today's episode.
0: Down to Biscay.
2: day. Yikes. Uh
0: five on the floor, ride for my dogs, where is the thing, you can check the score, hustle hard, couple scars, rain bubble frogs, just like Buckley said, you in trouble, y'all, kept the floor playing, got an all van. y'all seen the block, with one hand, Pat, we trust, it's about having guts, we here to bring the heat, y'all can hang it up, Welcome to Five on the Floor, a daily insider show on the Miami Heat and the NBA, featuring Ethan Skolnick, Greg Silvander, and Alex Toledo, plus others from the Five Reason Sports Network.
2: If there's one thing that I'm going to do before the end of the season, I promise, we'll add Brady to the intro there. It's on my list. Uh, welcome back to Five on the Floor. Here's today's floor plan. I'm Ethan Skolnick. You can follow me at Ethan J. Skolnick. And at five, as soon as we let him out of the basement. Um, you can you find me at Ethan J. Skolnick and at Five Reason Sports and also, Greg Silvander, you can follow me, at Greg Silvander. I'm going to do a quick, fun episode here, um, more of a historical episode. So, Alex and Brady, do not meet the age requirement, you need to be at least as old as us, have a little bit of gray. Greg has a little bit more than me because I cut my hair shorter. Um, but this is how we're going to do this. We're going to talk about Jaime Hopkins. And before we get into the specifics of uh. The actual episode, which is we're going to have some fun with this. Okay. And we're going to do all time heat, all rookie teams. Different ways to categorize this depends how we want to look at it. Um, I want to say a couple of things about Hawke's that I've said and that I maybe have said in another platform, but not here. Okay. So the first thing is I've been saying now for the last three weeks that when you can see a rookie start to rise, what he did the week before seems like nothing compared to what he's doing now and vice versa. So when he's doing something, it's going to be better in a week. It's going to be better in two weeks. There will be ups and downs. There will be potholes, but it seems like for a guy like this who is so polished, the potholes are not going to stop him. He'll have a little dip, and then he'll come right out of it. We saw that in the game that he started. He took a bunch of threes, missed a bunch of them. It was a blip, right, and then just moved right forward. But he's doing things in every game that are a little bit more spectacular than what he did in the previous one. And so what you saw in this last game was him basically taking over the beginning of the fourth quarter against the Indiana Pacers. to a point that they didn't end up giving back the game, which included spin moves, ridiculously good cuts. And then that flourish, the, the, the dunk from Josh, you know, on a beautiful pass, by the way, from Josh Richardson in transition, he'll do something better in a week because this is just the kind of player that this is. That's the first thing. Second thing is this, and I've said this, I believe, on the podcast. The Heat are not surprised by any of this, okay? Conversations I had two or three weeks ago with very high-level Heat officials, they consider Jaime as to be part of their core trio going into the future with Bam and Tyler. And Jovic could get there, but right now is not his opportunity. It's Hakez's opportunity, and they kind of knew this from minute one. He was not offered in the Dame Lillard con- uh, trades, okay? Remember, they never got to talk to Cronin anyway to get that specific. But even internally, Hakez was not on the table. We've told you that. So that's the first part of this, all right? But the second part of it is, and when Heat assistants got a hold of Jaime Hakez this summer, they were raving about him as a future star, not as a role player. We've talked about him as a plug and play player, because that's what we thought at the time. But as you have these conversations to kind of backfill on what the heat have thought about him, that's what prominent assistants were saying. And one of them, by the way, is a guy who's going to be on our list today. He was one of the best rookies in heat history, assistant coach, Karan Butler, who is an absolute zealot fan of Jaime Hawkes. Okay. And Karan, you know, not that, how Hawkins is going to be at this level, but Karan played you know, as a sidekick to Dwayne Wade and as a sidekick to Kobe Bryant, among others. So Karan can spot talent, and he thinks this kid is has star potential. So that I know for sure. But the other two things I want to get to, Greg, and I think these are important, and then I want to let you jump in. I think we saw one thing in this last game, and then I think there's a, another ramification of it going forward. They couldn't survive the, the non-Jimmy Butler minutes last season so true or the season before so what do you do when you can't survive the non-jimmy butler minutes you clone, the clone of jimmy butler <laughs> at, at, at this time it's worked because they kind of tried to do it with precious and bam and that obviously did not pan out there there were some similarities some not now that we've seen precious at this level we know that it was kind of a ridiculous comparison that some in the some media and draft experts made right Precious has a ceiling, but look, Precious got you, Lowry. We can have another conversation about that, but that's the, the bridge for now. That is, that's important for now. But the bigger thing going forward is if you want to extend the Jimmy Butler era, right. You get a guy who can do things that Jimmy does right now so that Jimmy doesn't have to do Jimmy things quite as often And maybe he's preserved a little bit better for the end of seasons and maybe even for a future season beyond this contract if that's something that he ultimately wants to do. And then the kicker to that is if Jaime Hawkins is what he looks like, then he becomes the Jimmy-like player in the next iteration of this team because he's only one year younger than Tyler Hero. He's three years younger or four years younger than Bam Adebayo, and they would have essentially at least a three-man core. We'll see what happens with Jovic and others. So th- there's so much positive that's come out of the way that he's played so far, and I, I just think it's only going to get better. And this idea that he's just a high-level role player is wrong. He's a high-level role player immediately, but he's on a star trajectory, I believe. So yeah. I just hope to get in on that, and then we'll get to our
1: team star trajectory i just can't even believe you're saying that out loud this damn organization they do it again and again right it's unbelievable i mean there's so many there's so many parts to this team whether you're talking Duncan, you're talking what kevin love is doing what josh richardson is now doing jaime Hawkes. they're just they're developing young talent while also putting role players in great spots and this thing with Hawkes is insane because when when you heard what you heard about what they considered him to be, I scoffed a bit because I think everyone just naturally would scoff at the idea of him being a star. And you see him develop like this and become more and more of a player that's doing star things. And you start to second guess and you think, did they hit on another one? Because nobody thought Bam was going to be what Bam is now. Nobody thought Tyler was going to be, we saw it sooner with Tyler than with Bam, but What if this is another guy that's kind of cut from that same cloth and he has the goods to be like a a player at that level? What if? Why not? You said it on playback earlier. Download the app, y'all. Come hang out with us. You said, why not? And so this is the other thing because ultimately, whenever you and I are talking about anything, somebody wants to ask about a transaction, I'm going to close by saying that uh, aside from like, maybe Tyrese Halliburton and Luca and I don't know. I could probably think of a couple others, but not a ton, not a ton, folks. Jaime Jaquez is going nowhere. And when you want to get involved in big superstar conversations, unfortunately, I think the league now, the most sought after asset on the team might be Jaime Jaquez, like an asset that teams think that they could even have the cojones to, to to like ask about because Bam's going nowhere, obviously. Um and that's a big deal, but it also means I don't think they're parting with him. So a lot of these conversations may not go far, and fans should be okay with that.
2: Well, the guys that they were in the conversation for this summer, to varying degrees, all of which were different circumstances, but whether you talked about Beale or you talked about Lillard um, Jaime, or even Drew Holiday, who they had interest in uh, after the trade to Portland, Jaime Hawkins was not part of that conversation internally or externally, so that tells you a lot, and again, there were circumstances with Beal and Lillard, uh, for sure, You're talking about contract and age and Lillard's case and defense and, and all kinds of other things, but he wasn't in the conversation, and he's not going to be in the conversation, so that that's just the way that this goes, I mean, I, I understand… Heat fans need for you know continual churn. And I do think they need to make uh one upgrade here. We'll talk about that in another episode. But I, I don't I don't think that parting with him for anybody makes any sense. And it's just not not a discussion that we need to have. But the other thing I will say, and then uh after the break here, we'll get into our teams, is that and I tweeted this today, that I do think that this should make you reconsider this idea of including first round picks because if you've looked what they've done with these first round picks under this current, you know, scouting regime and their current structure. I mean, they've hit, they've had five picks right to the, in the middle to bottom of the first round in recent years, they got, look what they got. Okay. I mean, they basically, you could say they missed on one. Now there's one. I would say it, it, it's two absolute home runs. One and that's Bam and Tyler. I mean, if you redraft those two, they're both they're going in the top five, both of them. Bam maybe even a little higher, maybe even top three, of their respective drafts. Okay, um, in fact, I don't think there's any question. It's top three. It could be even higher than that. So you're talking about about Bam and Tyler, who are absolute home runs. Jaime looks like he's on that trajectory. Um, and Jovic is the one who, uh, you know, right now I would say it's a, a hit by pitch, maybe like we don't know, yeah. right? Like it's, it's, it's not, and then, and then precious was a miss in the context of who else was available. Um, uh, cause they went, it looks like they went more based on need and, and Maxi, and obviously Maxi was clutch and they had some duplication of the position already and all that. Whenever the heat have drafted who they think is the best guy there, they succeed with it. And I go all the way back to Dwayne Wade and I go back to what I wrote on draft night and what my buddy, Dan Levitard wrote. And that's one of my rare wins over Dan because on draft night, he didn't like the pick because they had Eddie Jones and I'm like, he's the best player. Right. I mean, I think a lot of people thought that, but it's just like, but Dwayne's better than anything else. I mean, I watched Dwayne in the tournament, like this kid is electric. Like that makes sense. You don't not draft him because you have Eddie Jones, you figure out a way to make it work and they did by moving Dwayne to the point guard position and. We know the rest is kind of history. So when, when they've drafted, just based on, you know, th- this is the guy who's who's there. I mean, they drafted Bam when they had Hassan. They were paying paying Hassan, and they drafted uh, they were going to pay Hassan, I guess, because that was no. They what what year was that? Bam was.
1: Uh, well, they they had already paid Hassan, and they took they Bam anyway job, right. because they, they liked they, him that much, which is huge.
2: Right. They paid Hassan. Well, I, I'll always remember as we go to break here. I always remember what. I I don't want to give away too much because it'll give away who this was, but there was somebody who said to me on draft night about how much research they'd done on BAM. And because people were questioning that pick. I mean, I mean, nobody remembers now, but like Pat was saying that he had a Sean Kemp, like, uh, you know, and others were saying, you know, saying there was some Dwight there. I think that was more facial resemblance uh, and other things along those lines. And I just, I caught somebody in the hallway that night who's been with the organization a long time and said to me, we did more research on BAM than any player ever to this point. And he's the exact polar opposite of Hassan. And that's what they were looking for. Amen. <laughs> which is crazy. Right. Which is crazy because <laughs> they, they just paid Hassan. But anyway, um, it is what it is. All right. I do want uh, to mention Water Clean of Florida. I mean, they cleaned that center position up, right? The heat did. Well, you can clean up your water, your mold. That was a reach by me. Water Cleanup of Florida. Reach out to Michael Robert and their team based in Boca Raton. They service the entire area. They can do the preventative maintenance for you. They'll do the leak assessment, all that great stuff. Uh, Well, it's not great. I mean, it's not something you want to have to do, but if you have to do it, reach out to them because they got more than uh, 75-star reviews on Google. 561-408-7835. That's 561-408-7835. If you've got the schmutz. for no additional charge. So learn to make time for what makes you happy with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash Heat today to get 10% off your first month. Again, that's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P.com slash Heat. Mike Rowe here with a radical idea. If you want to see more companies make more things in this country, buy more things from more companies who make things in this country. I refer in this case to the incredible t-shirts, sweatshirts, blue jeans, and more made by my friends at American Giant. Everything
0: American Giant makes is made in the United States. And right now, you can take 20% off your first order at American-Giant.com slash Mike. That's American-Giant.com slash Mike. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the Filet-O-Fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time.
1: And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price.
0: Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.
2: Okay, so now let's get to it. We're just going to have some fun with this. Um, the Heat have had some interesting rookies, uh, but there's different phases of heat drafts okay yeah and so there are some players who benefited in some ways from joining teams that needed help immediately and there are others who benefited from teams that didn't necessarily need help immediately but could put them in a role where they could flourish and ultimately we saw them in more high impact moments okay so as we're going to put this thing together right now I think we have to take a look at okay what what are the what are we looking for okay and we're gonna to try to make two uh, all rookie teams here so a first team and a second team and I'll start with this Greg should we be positionless
1: yes come on like what would Spo say what would Spo do well, that needs Pat to be say? a damn I would bracelet say we
2: need a traditional center right what's that. Pat would ask for well, not just one traditional center, but probably five. Yeah, but well, we're um,
1: pivoting to an Eric Spolstra era. No. <laughs> um if, we, let's say let's make sure we have a big uh, let, yeah. let's get a big on there and let's make sure we have um a point guard. How about All that? All
2: right. So let's say let's say a big, a point guard, and three wing type players. Yeah. Is that is that fair? Yeah,
1: three super flex, okay. meaning they could be whatever.
2: Okay. All right. Sounds good. All right. So let, let's, let's go with it. All right. So I'm going to go through here just to, to, to jog the memory here a little bit. Okay. We'll just do points per game. Cause it's, it's the easiest to look at even though obviously it's not the end all be all. Okay. So I'm going to give you the top 10 here in points per game uh, as rookies. Right. And let's, let's eliminate some of these guys. And then let's put some of the other ones in a hopper where maybe we'll consider them. And just for the record, as we speak right now, Jaime Jaquez is tied for 10th. In points per game as a rookie. He's tied with Willie Burton and Steve Smith. Okay. So that's where he's at for now. Also want to mention one other thing before we go forward. Everybody's going to talk about, well, Jaime's so old as a rookie. His trajectory is not that great. Right. Cause he's already a fully formed player. He's younger than most of the players on this list, actually. Um, and the reason for that is because the NBA was different before where you actually came in after three, four years of college, <laughs> But the Heat have typically drafted that type of guy anyway, Uh, even in later years. Some of their best contributing rookies were Jaime's age. Um, So again, this idea that he's some kind of anomaly in that way and he's benefiting from the fact that he's an old man rookie is not really true. Actually, he's—I mean, a lot of these guys. Dwayne was 22. Okay, so let's let's start there. All right, Um, Dwayne. Here's the here's the top uh, 10 scores where Jaime Wright is at, at 10 right now. But Dwayne Wade. He's going to be on one of these lists, I would think. Correct? Yes, sir. Okay. All right. Karan Butler. Yes, right? Yep. He's going to make now, a list. Karan was on
1: a bad team. I don't know okay. what I list, but to... he's going to make a list. He'll make
2: a list. He, he, he started 78 games as a rookie, and he averaged 15.4 points. Kendrick Nunn, 15.3. Oh, that's going to hurt. I'm, to I'm put not going to rule you. him out immediately, Greg, because no, I, I understand don't. What's, what's become of him since, but... He was doing crazy things early that season, and until he flamed out towards the bubble, I mean, he was on a team that was a very good team. Um, Sherman Douglas, I think from the old days, I, I think that's All fair to at least first keep team.
1: him in
2: the game. Well, well, let's see. We're going to keep him in the mix. Michael Beasley was fifth, 13.9 points. I think we have to keep him in the mix, yeah. right? All-rookie first team. Okay, 19 uh, 19 starts for Bees that year. Uh, By the way, that was it. Um, Haslam was still the primary starter for most of the season. Kevin Edwards uh, was a very good rookie, but that was a very bad team. It was an expansion team. Uh, Can we eliminate Kevin Edwards? Yes. I think. Okay. Uh, Glenn Rice, however, the next year averaged 13.6 points. He was the fourth overall pick. I don't know why I remember that by heart. Uh, 77 games, 60 starts. I think we keep Rice in the mix, right? Second team.
1: People okay. will be surprised I say that.
2: Right. Well, I know you love Rice. Uh, Tyler Hero. He's in the mix, right? He averaged 13 uh, He's on the first 13 team. Point, Moving on. Third, right. <laughs> Thir- 13.5 points as a rookie and obviously did did crazy bubble things. Sasha Danilovich, who, uh, well, one, shares a, shares a name with my daughter. It's not why I named her that. Uh, but also was one of the few chain smokers I still saw in the NBA at that time. Uh, I don't think Sasha Danilovich makes this list. He drove Pat crazy. Uh, Willie Burton. No. A lot of talent but no uh haquez so again put him to the side steve smith as a rookie played 61 games 59 as a starter played out of position at point guard remember they tried to make yeah. him into a point guard uh 12 points a game i think steve smith at least belongs in the conversation grant yeah. long 11.9 points but the big thing was the rebounds him and cycling both that year um Right there with rebounds, top two rebounding rookie seasons, eleven point nine points for Grant and ten point nine for Ronnie. Can we keep both of those at least in the mix?
1: Yep, keep them in the mix. Okay, uh, R- Ronnie, Ronnie more now. than Grant, though. Let's just be clear.
2: I agree, even though Grant's numbers were better. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Harold Miner, no great potential, yeah. but yeah, his his rookie year was actually a disappointment. All right, and then the only and then the sixteenth double figure scorer. And I'm sorry because he has to be in the mix. Mario Chalmers started 82 games Hell as a rookie yeah. on a team. Uh, yes, on a team that made the playoffs after winning only 15 games. Um, he's in the mix, okay? 100. So so far of the double-figure scorers, I've got Wade, Karan, Nunn, Douglas, Beasley, Rice, Hero, Steve Smith, Ronnie Cycli, Grant Long, and Rio. Now I'm going to go a little bit down to find contributors, okay? I may not have scored as much, but made a contribution. So you just say yes or no as we go forward. Khalid Reeves. No. I'll do it for you.
1: No. Thomas. Can I tell a, a five-second story? Yes, I you can. The, they drafted Khalid Reeves um, primarily because he would dominate Jason Kidd in every matchup, and that was a lot of what they saw from him, and they loved what he did against Jason Kidd. I just thought that that was a really weird factoid. On to the next that one. Was,
2: that was the thing with Aaron Fox and Lonzo Ball, by the way, because Fox always dominated Lonzo Ball. Anyway, um, okay, so... No on Khalid Reeves, obviously.
1: Uh, Kurt Thomas? No, didn't spend enough time there either.
2: Yeah. He was traded, from like he was traded for Mashburn like halfway through
1: the year. Nash. He was traded for Mash. All
2: right, Daquan Cook, no. Uh, yeah. Sylvester Gray, no. Kasib Powell, that was a disaster. G League year, no. Rasul Butler, I may rest in peace. Nice player off the bench, but no. Um, Udonis Haslam. <sighs> 75 and just just the rookie season obviously ud has a c- certain place in heat history but uh the rookie season was actually pretty good he started 24 games this is before shaq came and that team obviously was a fun team that made a little run um he averaged six seven rebounds uh seven points i think we can at least keep ud in the mix i don't know that he makes the final uh final cut here bam Only started 19 games because he was playing behind Hassan, 6.9
1: We all knew. We knew, but he's not going to make one of the – he's not going to be a top 10 guy.
2: Anthony Taylor, no. Uh, Norris Cole,
1: our guy. He has to be on the list because he started contributing for a championship contender immediately, right?
2: He did. And he had some big moments uh, for them. And actually, he filled a huge need for them. Um, they, they, I mean, they <laughs> they needed another point guard with Rio. So, yes, uh, I'll keep, keep him in the mix. Uh, Josh Richardson played a role that season. If I was to say to you, Josh or Justice? Justice. Who are right there? Yeah,
1: I would think so, too. Right? Josh had for, that wonder. run where he couldn't miss, but that wasn't all season.
2: <laughs> no, he spent a lot of time in the G League. I used to see him at Connecting Flights all the time. Um Ronnie McGruder, Kelvin Upshaw, uh, the one, the one honorable mention here. I don't, I don't think he makes it, but I do think we should recognize Anthony Carter because, yes. as a rookie, he filled that backup point guard role that was very important for those Heat teams, and he played seventy nine games, started thirty of them, defended his ass off, couldn't shoot, uh, and but, never
1: gave it uh, up. You- Remember they, they were churning out backup point guards for years and then they found AC and he was there for a number of years.
2: Yeah, well they had Karate, Murdoch, and Porter during that run. Correct. They ended up with AC. Okay. And and AC, I always remember about AC, but the reason they kept him was because they at uh, LaSalle, which is the high school they used to work uh, used to practice at.
1: Because the stacks machine's off- broken.
2: What that's what well, that too, and the and they they he had an office upstairs and he could look down from his window and they were running um they you know they're basically running you know fives back and forth against each other switching up teams and AC's team won every game against Tim's team and he was like I'm keeping that guy and so I it, it's more than just yeah the the Shack thing but anyway okay there's no one else on the list who should be considered all right so here here's where we're at Wade Karan all right let, let's start with the guards okay. We need a point guard first team and a point guard second team. Dwayne's a point guard in this mix, so right. he's first, right? Okay. All right. Who's our second team point guard then? You giving it to Rio or you giving it to Sherm? Rio, 100%. Okay. I agree because the team was better. Sherm was fun, but yeah. Okay, so we so so Douglas is out. Um, we've already got Wade. To me, that eliminates Kendrick Nunn because he was kind of playing the point guard position that yep. year. Yep. All right. Uh, Rio, Rio out, Cole out, AC out. Okay. Uh, your bigs. Uh, Not a lot of options here. Now, um, can I, does UD count? <laughs> I, I guess he does. Well, he played a lot of center that year, actually. Yeah, he played a lot right. of center he off did. the bench.
1: You're damn right he did, because Lamar was at the four, and they would play him at the five. Um, I well, your
2: options. Your options are Ronnie. See, I don't want to do that. UD, Grant Long, and Bam. Basically,
1: I'm going UD. He was on. A, they were a playoff. Ten. They went to the second round, and he was playing the five, guarding Jermaine O'Neal in the second round. That, that's my guy. All rookie first team. Greg's all right. All right.
2: All right. So I'm going with Ronnie on second team. Okay.
1: And also, are you going to see UD and not like put him on the first team? No, well, you are He's going to hold you accountable.
2: <laughs> no, he's held me accountable many times. I would say, uh, I'm going to, so I'm going to go with Ronnie. I'd love to have a conversation with this, like with Eric Reed or more, 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 more to the point with Roddy Rothstein, uh, since I know cycling could drive him nuts at times, but, I I think it has to be Cycly because yeah. he did make impact this first year. And he was he was one of the reasons people went to watch that team. People right. knew him It's from, probably Cyclie as
1: the first team. I just love U D and sorry. I'm wearing the OG 40 shirt. We gotta go with it.
2: All right. So let's look at our wings then. Uh Karan is first team, correct? Has to be. Even though it was a bad team. But he, he was relied upon to do him and Eddie had to do all the scoring on the team. Yeah. All right. So we've got we've got Karan. Uh I say Tyler.
1: For sure, Tyler's in the backcourt. It's Dwayne and Tyler. What a backcourt! Okay, who's the third then?
2: Are yes. we saying? Are you going Rice? Or are you going bees?
1: Um, I'm gonna go. People are gonna be surprised by this. I'm going probably bees. Bees. So then that means it's Haslam for me. It's Haslam. Be. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not. I'm, you're you're going against Rice. This is where I, I guess there's a part of me because those teams were like so like um, fodder in in heat lore like but I guess to your point we all felt underwhelmed by Michael Beasley's rookie year and it kind of turned into a Mario Chalmers conversation by the end of that season about rookies and so like to that point to then reward him with a first team. Yeah, I, can't by- the first right. team right. I can't put Beasley on the first team
2: in I Rio. I can't put Beasley on the first team in Rio. We just had to talk 17. it out. You're right. Plus, plus Rio and Bees still can't be separated. They're still playing the big three together. So no, we'll keep them together. All right. So our first team is UD where well, we're small here uh, a little bit. Uh, UD, Karan, Rice, Hero, and Dwayne. Okay. Again, I'm not including Haquez in this conversation at the moment. And then the second team, we've got Ronnie, Rio's the point guard, Beasley, and we need two wings. And I don't. Steve Smith, I guess, is one. Yeah. Okay. So who's the last one? I, I I'm gonna go to a place I don't think people would think I would go. I, I say
1: Justice. Wait, was Hassan Whiteside a rookie? <laughs> no, I no he was not. He had you played... right. He, Sacramento. Never mind. Thank yeah. gosh. Okay. Um, right. No, we're not. If you have a
2: small coach in this team, you're that's not happening.
1: Who who um, are the who, who are the last couple guys? Sorry, I missed that.
2: I, I mean I mean, really, it's unless we're counting none as a wing. No. I I I I I think it's I think it's justice. I because the it point is. to be made again is that justice was ahead of Josh on the overall pecking order that season.
1: He played and, five in the second round in a game right. seven on the road. He was
2: a core defender for them and on a team that again if if Hassan I know we we mock Hassan but if he'd been healthy and if Bosch had been healthy that team probably they, I mean they would have gotten to the eastern conference finals they might have beaten Cleveland they they yeah. they handled Cleveland during the regular season um so okay so before we close here with the Haquez uh point these are our two teams Team one is UD. So Bam not on the teams. I, I think some would say Bam should be on instead of Ronnie. He just didn't get the minutes. I, that's, that's the thing. We, right. we saw it. You're right, but he just didn't get the minutes. Um, There's a different conversation to be had about the best draft in Heat history, of which Bam is two. Of course. Behind Dwayne at this point. Okay, but uh, so UD, Tehran, Rice, Hero, Wade, and then the second team is Ronnie, uh, Beasley, Steve Smith, Justice, and Rio—that's quite a—that's quite a crew. Stuck Steve Smith would uh, wow. So you see um, what's going to happen here, right? What's going to happen is that Jaime Hawkins is going to end up being um, a first-team All-Rookie player in Heat history. Absolutely. Right. Because the spot he takes is, uh, uh, well, he's not taking Dwayne's spot or Tyler. And Anyone pro- else
1: though is up or, for grabs.
2: <laughs> or Tyler but he can pass rice it's a different role because glenn was you know expected to be a primary scorer from minute one but he passes ud and the the wild card and this is the funny part of this it's a great place to close the conversation is going to be jaime or karan and it's hysterical to me because karan is jaime's biggest cheerleader <laughs> i coached him and coached him in summer league and i i you know if we could talk to heat assistants, which we can't um you know, I would ask Karan: Is Jaime is a better rookie
1: than you? There's ways to ask these questions.
2: There, there, there are, there are. We'll see if real tough juice appears on Twitter. Um, but uh, there's ways to throw it out there. But, but that is the comp now. Not, not comp as a player necessarily. But uh, Karan was a do everything wing, uh, and I, and I, I was an elite scorer in college, and was an elite complementary star. Who did, I think, you said, did he make one or two all-star teams with I Washington know he made eight?
1: one. He made one in Washington. And the key thing I want to remind everyone, because this is just fun to remember, that was Michael Jordan's last season. And Riley put Karan on Jordan in his last game in the arena ever. I was at that game. It was crazy sitting next to Willis McGahee. And um, he put Karan out on an island on Jordan and Jordan was going Mm -hmm. YOLO because that was the end of his career. And so I think that that just kind of showed the confidence they had in him. Also, it's just a really bad team. Yeah. Well,
2: that, that, that that too. And look, and look, the idea again that Karan was just like, you know uh, you know, somebody was just getting shots up because they weren't good. That might've been true the first year, but the second year he had injuries um, on that team that ended up 42 and 40, but he also had flourishes in the playoffs where you saw that player and then he ended up, like I said, becoming uh, – he was one of Kobe's favorite teammates actually ever uh, and was the third best player on teams with Kobe and Lamar, just like he was the third best player on teams with – well, on that team with Dwayne uh, and Lamar that season. So uh, it's not a bad comp, and obviously if Jaime Hawkins became Karan Butler, you would take it, but I get the sense Karan might say that Jaime's ceiling is higher than that. So, <laughs> We'll get That's a karate upon some. Yeah. Who do I have to bribe for that? All right. Thanks to the sponsors Better Edge, Water Cleanup of Florida. Subscribe to Off the Floor. Have a good day, everybody.
1: Thank you for listening to the Five on the Floor on the Five and Sports Network. After all, someone needs to listen to my dad.
0: After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice cold reward.